Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. This episode of HR Oxygen is brought to you by Boss Builders University. If you're looking to train up your supervisors and managers, please check out our newest offering, The Art of Being a Great Boss. In this 13-month program, I'll be taking your managers through our driving results curriculum, and that includes topics on communication, performance management, motivation, delegation, problem-solving, decision-making, team development, and much more. The sessions are virtual, running one hour each month, and I'll do it using our popular sketch and seminar graphic art and storytelling format. No boring PowerPoint, stale stories, and outdated tools and techniques. The sessions are engaging and provide tactical, practical tools that can be used immediately after the sessions. You can either have your entire organization take our program, or if you have just a few folks, join one of our open open enrollment cohorts that start every other month. For more information, visit us online at thebossbuilders.com. Well, as we are halfway through 2021, we're looking at some of the things that we're doing. And as a team, we've made a decision to go from two podcasts down to one. Our original, of course, was Boss Builder Podcast. We did about 100 plus episodes on that. And then we opened up the HR Oxygen Podcast, which, of course, is this one, I guess, about a year after that. And so now we're thinking about just moving solely to HR Oxygen, which means those episodes will still be there on Boss Builder Podcast, but we won't be adding to them. And so I thought what we would do is take some of our very, very best interviews and rebrand them a little bit and morph them into our, well, I guess not new podcast, but our own single podcast now. We want to start that process today with one of the first episodes we ever did a couple of years ago. And it's with my strategic business partner, Margie Bush. Now, Margie and I have consolidated some of our stuff and we've worked together on some client stuff and we really enjoy working together. What Margie brings, of course, is the ability to coach, which is something that we don't do. And so the partnership we've formed has been amazing and we've really enjoyed working together. We did an interview a couple years ago on how to teach coaching as a discipline for managers and how managers can use coaching as a really, really good development tool. The challenge, of course, is that there isn't a lot of training out there for managers. We throw them in there and expect them to be able to do it. And you as HR professionals, now you're also in the business of having to coach them. So if we could give you some techniques that would make you more effective, you would probably really benefit from that. And nobody better on this planet to teach them than my good friend, Margie. And so we're going to go ahead and We'll go through this interview. It was a couple years ago, but the links are still valid, and Margie is still a great practitioner. We still work well together. So why don't we quit talking about her? Let's go ahead, and you can meet her for maybe the first time. This is my good friend and business partner, Margie Bush. Should the cabin lose pressure, oxygen masks will drop from the overhead area. Please place the mask over your own mouth and nose before assisting others. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast, the show focused on the overworked, overwhelmed, and underappreciated HR professional. And now, here is the host of our show, the boss builder, Mac Monroe. Margie Bush, welcome to the show. Hi, Mac. It's a pleasure to be here. Margie, you have a very interesting background in addition to your coaching expertise. And so before we start talking about coaching as a discipline for the boss, uh, I wonder if you'd take a moment just to talk about your background a little bit. Sure. So when I think back to my first professional career, I was a licensed nurse and I worked in behavior medicine. And I worked at a time when 
patient care was the majority of the job. Uh, at that time, though, it was starting to uh, change and documentation was starting to increase. And I didn't like that part. I started to get frustrated with that, really missing the patient care. And I, um, I had this entrepreneurial spirit, I guess, too. Uh, it had always been there. And I wanted to leave nursing and explore that. So I bought some property and I oversaw the construction of a, an apartment building and started to rent apartments. And I did that for about 15 years. And I will say that my psych background uh, prepared me for that. Uh, there were a lot of interesting tenants that I went through over the 15 years. What nursing didn't prepare me for is uh, having a business. I had an LLC at that time. So I went back to school uh, as an adult and got a business degree. And sitting, uh, I'll never forget, sitting in my last semester of that degree uh, in a human resource management class, and I fell in love with all of the content and the concepts around human resources. So I went on and got a master's degree in that. And two months after finishing that program, I became the director of HR in a law firm. And this was a, a firm where HR had never existed. So I built that department from scratch with policies and procedures and a handbook and all the things that go with building an HR department. Uh, and becoming increasingly unpopular as I started to implement all of that. Uh, so interesting enough, I said I left nursing because I was frustrated with the documentation, and then I go on to HR where there's even more documentation, uh, which I hated, and I didn't like HR uh, compliance HR uh, terminating and all the rules and all of the things that go with compliance. Uh, so I started to think about the parts I liked the best. And, and while I was there, I wrote uh, and facilitated a mentoring program for associate attorneys. And I really liked growth and development of the employees. So um, I'm certified uh, in HR with SHRM and with HRCI. And in the journals I receive uh, through that, I started to hear and read about coaching this term kept popping up in articles. And so I did some Google searches and it sounded like the parts of the HR job that I liked. So I went on to uh, explore uh, what it would mean to be a coach. And I had that entrepreneurial spirit again. So I thought about leaving and I did leave. In fact, I tell people my departure from the firm was I, I took a leap right out of my office window out onto the street and where I had no benefits and no income. And I had to start to scramble to figure out how to get coach training uh, so I could become a coach. So I started exploring and found out that there was a certifying body out there called the International Coach Federation. So I looked uh, on their website for approved programs and looked for one that fit my schedule and my budget. So that's uh, how I got to what I'm doing today, which is uh, coaching. Okay. Well, being that you've gone through certification, does that, does that make coaching something that other people can't do? Or well, do you have to have the certification? 
You don't have to have it, no. Uh, so you can certainly call yourself a coach. Uh, I chose not to do that. I chose to uh, have a um, organization I could be part of that actually had um, a competency model, had a code of ethics. Uh, someone uh, of my personality preferences needs a lot of structure around uh, what they're doing. And uh, so in the training uh, that I received, I did a professional coaching course and then I did a master's level. And that gave me the hours. Not anyone can belong to that organization. You have to actually have gone through one of their approved programs. And there's many of them to choose from. And so, but the membership was important to me because once I became a member of ICF, I could go on and get a higher level of coaching, um, which I have. We call it ACC, but that just means an associate certified coach. It's one of their levels of certification, but it's one that I'm finding that organizations are looking for, more for the certified coaches. And and I kind of got off track to go back to your question. Yeah, Mac, you can be a coach. Uh, but when I, I work with or have contact with those folks, uh, what I find really that they're doing is more consulting or advising or mentoring, having masterminds and uh, meeting uh, needs of their clients in those ways, not really what I do, which is a, a pure coaching approach. Well, I see the need for having that body of knowledge because if anybody can be a coach, that means anybody can give advice that may not be good advice. So thankfully, that's that certification is there. Now, we've thrown the word around quite a bit, and I know that coaching means a lot of things to a lot of different people, but how would you define it? Okay, so um, I have two definitions, and one that I follow, which is is through my certifying body, and I won't read that the full definition, but really uh, the way they define it for us as certified coaches is that we partner with a client, and so we have you know thought provoking types of conversations where we follow some type of uh, curiosity and have a creative type process. And we're really there to support them and hold them accountable for their goals. Um, A simple definition, which I really like to follow as well, and then I teach, is it's just sitting uh, with some element of curiosity, just being curious, asking open questions, looking for solutions, some actions uh, so that we can have a plan and then get results and and then that accountability piece. Well, then, you know, the audience for the Boss Builder podcast is people who are newly promoted to the role of the boss. And so you you say that coaching should be a discipline for the boss. What would that mean? That's a that's a good question. I get asked that a lot. Uh, discipline uh, for most people, they think of the first thing is punishment. And so I don't mean it as punishment. For any boss, what what I want them to think about is this is a a different field of a study for a boss. Uh, It's a higher level of learning and skills, but what they learn is a different way to gain knowledge. And when when I talk about knowledge is getting knowledge about their direct reports, about what's going on with them so they can better develop them. Well, the fact that you say it's a discipline suggests it's going to be a lot of work. And so if you're listening to this podcast to be the best, you're going to have to put in the time. And this sounds like it would be a pretty worthy endeavor. 
Now, you mentioned something a little bit earlier about sitting in curiosity. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Sure. So you know that that's uh, a favorite word of mine, and uh, it's definitely one of my strengths. And what when I think of curiosity, really, I, I see it as it's it's an essential skill that all of us need to use, especially an essential skill for a manager, or as we like to call them, the boss. But what curiosity really gives us is it gives us more insight to anything that we're doing. If we're curious and we're asking questions, uh, it helps us. It helps me be a better coach. It helps me be a better friend to people. It helps me be a better trainer for managers uh, and using this. It helps me be a better mother. Uh, Anything I do, if I'm sitting in curiosity, uh, it helps me. It's just funny. We don't hear people talk about the word much. We don't see people really using the skill. When I work with my clients, it really helps me have better conversations with them. And, and I find in working with managers, it helps them have better conversations with their direct reports. And, and before I get off of my rant on curiosity, I, I want to add that it really requires two things if you're going to be effective when you're going to sit in curiosity. And that's a willingness to stay quiet and to listen. And the second one is to be fully present with people and limit distractions. In fact, don't have distractions. Uh, You can't listen and sit in curiosity uh, if you have those. Well, that seems like it's going to take a lot of time. I guess when I see curiosity, I think of Curious George and it's kind of (laughs) zany and silly, but uh, it sounds like it's a very serious business. It seems to me that if somebody didn't use curiosity, they would just simply function on what they knew about a person or thought they knew about a person. And I think that might be dangerous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It goes to that, uh, that sitting in assumption. And we know what sitting or making assumptions means. That's right. So yeah, yeah, this is, I think, a really good piece of advice. And it almost seems counterintuitive when, as the boss, your job is to make sure stuff is running on time. But it sounds like an investment of time here is going to give you really big rewards. So thank you for mm-hmm. sharing that. Now, back to, back to coaching, the, the way you teach it, does that differ from maybe the way a, a coach of a basketball team would coach? Yeah. Okay. So that's, um, I'm going to take us back to hats that we use. So we have a model that we use that we created, um, the boss hat and the coach hat. So I'm getting a picture of this basketball coach and he's looking out onto the court and he's looking at a player and there's something the player is not doing. So we have a gap. So when we're wearing a boss hat, in this instance, maybe the basketball coach, uh, and I'm sure they wear many hats, mentor, there are lots of things. But in this instant, they need timely on the spot type of feedback. So these are the coaches sometimes uh, inappropriately, we see them uh, jerk the player off the court or grab them by the ear or something. I'm not suggesting that with your direct reports, but what they're having really is a, is a more directive type of conversation. There's something going on. They've, they've watched it. They've observed it. They've made a diagnosis if we could use that word. And so what they need is improvement. And so they're going to give some solutions to get that player back out there so they can hopefully win the game. 
when the way that it differs from that is with a coach and, and what I'm doing is more supporting uh, and suggesting that the boss would use this hat uh, and be curious, uh, ask open questions to develop someone to co-create solutions. And these would be more scheduled. So a little different than the coach on the court. Uh, he's not going to have a lot of time to co-create any solutions. He needs something to happen pretty quickly. Yeah, that sounds like something that, again, I know my audience is is made up of very busy bosses. And so I guess there's mm-hmm. going to be a time for taking care of something in the moment. But then when there's mm-hmm. some breathing room, the co-creation. So thank you for clarifying that. Now, another term that I hear thrown around is uh, is a term that's called coachable. And then I think, of course, of lunchables. But what does coachable mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't even know if they still have those lunchables, but I do I do remember them. So coach, I look for coachability. Uh, so when we think of someone that's coachable, what, what we're looking for, I look for this in my clients, uh, is a willingness on the part of, of the client that they can be curious and they can explore how they're showing up for people. They want to learn. They want to try new things that in trying those things, they have a willingness to struggle. Uh, Cause you know, when we struggle, that's when we're learning and that they have a willingness to be held accountable. Uh, and I encourage, uh, the bosses uh, to wear wear this hat and look for the coachability. Now, for their direct reports, there are some things we can do uh, that we can look for in in those folks. Um, And we can, if we don't see it, this coachable, this willingness to be held accountable and to learn, we we can educate them and we can teach them. Well, let's build on that a little bit. How would the boss know if their employee is coachable? If they're not coachable, what types of behaviors might they see from them? Mm. So what we would see uh, at that point would be some defensiveness, some willingness to not want to try things, some willingness to be afraid to make a mistake, to not have the willingness to learn, uh, not have the willingness to be checked up on, to be held accountable. Well, I wonder if one of our audience saw an employee who they saw was not coachable. Does it make a difference if said, say they said, you know, I'm going to assign you to Margie Bush. She's going to be your coach. Would that automatically guarantee being coachable or would that also maybe escalate up to your level? An uncoachability. Uh, it could. I Now, sending them to me is not going to make them coachable. But it could be sending them to me could help me better educate them on what it means to, to be coachable and, and get their buy-in and let them see the benefits of that. Yeah, it just seems to me that if a person feels embarrassed or they feel inadequate or incompetent, mm-hmm. they may not want to hear it from anybody. So uh, it'd be kind of like peeling back the layers of an onion. Now, yeah. back to different different buzzwords, um, and there's plenty of them that come floating around. Uh, I've heard terms like soft coaching. So when you hear something like that, whatever that means, I don't know. Uh, what's your opinion of that? It'll add-ons to your field of study, coaching. When I think of soft coaching, I think of, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, when I when I hear coaching and feedback in the same sentence, and that's what I was, uh, I got curious about what soft coaching could be. And 
that's the the gist of it. It's it's saying, hey, let me give you some feedback. So you're either coaching or you're giving feedback. They're they're totally opposite things. Okay. Well, it just seems like everybody's looking for a shortcut around this very challenging and difficult discipline of coaching. And and then it sounds like coaching and feedback are two very separate things. So for our listeners now, can you describe a typical coaching scenario? And uh, are there any tools you recommend? Do you recommend using a script? Uh, what would you uh, suggest to our audience? I, I would not recommend using a, a script when you're actually coaching. When I teach the program, though, we do go through and learn a process. It's a very easy to use process. It's easy to grasp and learn. And with that, I do with each step, there's a script to follow. And we use the script for practice sessions only. Well, tell me more about this program that you offer, because I know that my audience probably realizes after listening to this podcast that they probably have some work to do. Do you have a program you'd recommend? I do. I do have a program and I, I teach in that program is parts of that boss coach hat. So I teach what it is to be coachable, how to look for that, how to make corrections if someone's not coachable. We learn the process and the steps. I, I want to go back when you were talking about the soft coaching. What I do teach them too is the difference. So the difference between coaching and feedback, and we follow that. Uh, we we follow a performance cycle, and when we have that in there, so coaching differs uh, from the feedback in other ways that I didn't explain earlier. Is when, when we're giving feedback, and it could be positive or negative, but typically in that boss hat, we are giving some type of corrective type of feedback, we're, we're looking at past behavior. So we're talking to them in a way that they're going to listen to us. Uh, so it's more telling. There's a need for us to give them some understanding of how they can make adjustments so that they're meeting expectations. So we spend some time on that so that they understand and they can see clearly then when we move over to the real coaching, the coaching skills that we're looking at today. So we're looking at today and future behaviors so that we can develop the direct reports so that we don't, so we can give less of that, that feedback. Uh, so what we're doing when we're coaching and we teach this and practice this is to listen so the others are talking. And that means listen so the direct reports do the talking. And then we sit back and support them as they go out and try new things. Well, I guess for those in the audience that, really push back on having to wear that boss hat. It sounds like by mastering wearing of the coach hat, performance is going to improve and you may not have the need for as much of the boss hat type interventions. Is that correct? That is correct. And when they go through my training and they start to see that, then they are more excited about wearing the coach hat and they start to see it as this is not and not a time consuming thing like they they first come into it thinking that it once you practice and use it the conversations are shorter and really uh, you don't have to do a lot of that corrective type of feedback anymore that's great well margie we really enjoyed having you on the show how can our listeners reach out to you and find out more about your program or even maybe being coached by you Okay, so they can find me two ways. They can go to my website, 
which is www.wisdomtreecoaching.com, or they can find me on LinkedIn. So I'm there under Margie, which is M-A-R-G-I Bush. Excellent. Well, Margie, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show. We appreciate all the great advice and uh, just look forward to hearing from you in maybe a future episode talking about another passion of yours, which is the idea of personality types. So that'll give us something to look forward to for next time. So again, thank you and have an awesome afternoon. Thank you so much, Mac. Again, it was a pleasure to be here. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. We hope you found something today that will relieve your stress, feed your soul, and pump you up to face another day. At Boss Builders, we want to let you know that we appreciate the hard work you do every day as an HR professional. And as a reminder, always make sure to adjust your own oxygen mask before attempting to help those around you. Be well.